0: Stream the show on demand at KetchikanRadio.com
1: Hey, 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 and welcome into First City Forum. I'm your host, Zach Layton, here in the booth with Grace Louise, who is the host of the afternoon show on ktkn here in ketchikan how are you doing this morning grace
0: doing pretty good how about yourself
1: i am doing fantastically mm. uh we are just here in the booth this morning on first city forum hanging out <laughs> enjoying this wonderful uh wonderful liquid, uh, liquid sunshine outside yes. yeah it feels like i say that every day here but uh yeah so this year we uh were hanging out with one of your good friends, Erica, who's from originally from North Carolina with you, right? Yes. Who now lives in Oregon, right?
0: Yes, she's in Eugene for now. Yeah,
1: yeah. and uh, we were talking to her, and she's an English teacher, and we, we had come up with this sort of on the spot, like, oh, we should all read 23 books this year for 2023.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: Yes, and then on a day like today and maybe this weekend if the weather stays like this, hopefully we get some better weather, but if the weather stays, this is a good weekend to start reading some books. Now it's not too late to catch up with our 23 and 23 challenge. It's only April. You only have to read two books, two books a month. I know we're a little behind, so you'd have to catch up, but uh, yeah, so we we're just gonna talk about some books that we've been reading, but before we get into that, uh, yeah, like what are maybe some of your favorite books, all time favorite books, not to put you on the spot?
0: Oh man. It, well, I can't remember the name of the writer, but the name of the book is When Bo- When Breath Becomes Air.
1: When Breath Becomes Air. Oh, my air. God.
0: Yeah. Oh. It's a memoir, but the way that the man writes is so poetic.
1: Mm-hmm. And I
0: believe he had his master's in something like English or literature, but he also was a doctor. Uh, but it's just his life story, and he ends up getting brain cancer, a type of – he became a doctor – uh, he became a doctor that worked on that type of cancer, helping patients. And so when he started to display the symptoms, he knew what they were because mm. he was like, oh, I, I I know what that means. Yeah. And he just, it, it's just, oh, I know, I know I'm not giving it any justice cause it's been a really long time, mm-hmm. but just the way he ends up, you see him going through the acceptance of his death mm. and making choices even with his wife where they were like, should we have a child?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And they both were like, yes. And then there was another moment where he goes, I, I know. But, but what was also cool is when the baby was born, it, it, he would talk about how, oh, it's like that, like the baby was just what they needed. Cause when you hear about babies being so upset, you, you know how we know how newborns can are, mm-hmm. can be. And he described his child as so chill and, Calm, And it was almost like the baby was what he needed while
1: he was going through that process. He, yeah.
0: And then also there was a point in the book where she, he's going to Wisconsin, I think. And he was about to get the job of his dreams. Mm. And he looked at, because he had just finished his residency while he has this cancer. And he looks around him at all of the things that he could have. And he was like, I can't do this. I have to stay in California because mm. I'm going to pass away. And my family needs to be around a support system, so it was just looking at something that he was never going to touch, Mm. but also seeing the beauty in the life that he had. Mm -hmm. And I, like, I've been thinking about rereading it. I'm going to reread it. I hope that counts. We'll have to ask Erica.
1: That definitely. (laughs) I think that definitely, definitely counts if you are rereading something because it's more about the act of like inputting the information. Like you can listen to something like a podcast over and over, right? And it doesn't mean like it doesn't count. Or You can rewatch a movie, it doesn't mean it's, it's not going to be the same as the first time you read it yeah. or the first time you watched the movie, but it still counts. Like for me, uh one of my favorite books is Ender's Game by Orson Scott Card. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the reason why that's one of my favorite books all time is because the first time, I won't I won't do any spoilers here, but the first time you read it, there's a twist in the book that if you're not Especially if you're younger, like, normally, that's one of those books kind of in the same camp as The Hobbit. Oh,
0: yeah.
1: Maybe that you would have read in, oh. like, middle school or mm-hmm. high school, maybe. And so, like, I feel like as an adult, we get so disillusioned, right? Because I don't know about you. I feel like in our relationship, right, <laughs> you're either the person who, like, understands the way that movie and, and book tropes work. And you can kind of, like, see things coming. And you can sort of be like, oh, this is going to happen. That's going to happen. Yeah. Or you're the person that's like, what's going on? What's going to happen next? I don't know. And maybe you have to Wikipedia it while you're watching the movie. Not to put you on yeah. blast. But in <laughs> <Excuse me? laughs> but in Ender's Game, there's a twist in there that if you're not ready for it and you're not really, if you haven't read a lot of things or you know assimilated a lot of media, yet, it it is so flooring. It's so big. And I remember, because I think I was about 12 maybe when I read it, I did not see it coming at all. I had totally suspended my disbelief during the book because I was just like the right age for it and so it just floored me and so for that reason that's one of why it's one of my favorite books of all time now it's interesting because one of your favorite books all time is a memoir which is non-fiction mm-hmm. right and one of my favorite books all time is Ender's Game which is fiction yes and I think that's really also interesting dichotomy that can sometimes arise within individuals and in society like we get so caught up in like are you the type of person that that primarily watches documentaries and YouTube of real people? Or do you like to watch films and TV shows that are more for entertainment? And then with books, are you the type of person that enjoys to read real things or fantastical things, things that are nonfiction, right? And I feel Mm -hmm. like you fall into the nonfiction camp.
0: Uh, more so, especially in the last five years or so. It's like when I was little, I really wanted to want to read books, b- mm-hmm. novels, but I couldn't be interested in them. So I kept, I kept buying them during bookmobile, mm-hmm. which is what we had in
1: elementary <laughs> school, which is this little bookmobile. Did, we had bookmobile. Did you have bookmobile? Bookmobile will be everywhere, man. Yeah. are not here in Ketchikan because we have the, we have the wonderful Ketchikan public yeah. library that's so accessible, but a lot of places don't have library so they have the the it's like a food truck for books
0: well and and what it did for us is it was a because we had our library but it was the traveling way to buy books but because we were kids Mm -hmm. it was almost like harry potter it might have been it might as well have been because Mm -hmm. it was so magical to go into this trailer thing rv thing that just looked like a library on wheels it was It was so magical.
1: Meals on wheels, but for your soul.
0: But I would buy these books, (laughs) and I would never read them. I remember reading, I remember I still can see this little novel. It's called something like A Home for Jesse, and it's about this little black dog. Mm. Cute little black dog, and I never read it. I I wanted to read it. it. I wanted to want it. But then Harry Potter came along Mm -hmm. and changed me. All that to say, now, yes, I'm more interested in knowing what happens to a person, which is true in real life, too. Mm-hmm. I can sometimes seem like I'm interrogating a person, mm-hmm. but it's mostly because I'm like, I want so to know. I'm so into you. Into like want the depths of your soul. Yeah. Where it's like, some people are into television shows. I'm into your entire story. Don't give me the surface version.
1: Right. Give me the really deep version, which... <laughs> You know, it's interesting. Uh, Another one of my favorite books is, and I mentioned this on the air yesterday when I was talking with Jack Jack Finnegan, uh, and I could not think of the the author, so I looked it up. So the book is The Moral Arc, and it's by Michael Shermer. Um, And in the book, he talks about the difference between, one of the differences between fiction and nonfiction. um, And reading fiction actually makes a person more empathetic Mm, because it's... When you're reading a nonfiction, especially like a memoir, you can you can empathize with that person. But that's 100 percent a real person with a different real lived life experience. That's not you. Right. So you're more like learning about them. So it's more like you're learning about a tree. You're learning about something. And so you can see yourself in it, but it's not the same as when you're reading fiction. Like when you're reading Harry Potter. One of those characters or multiple of those characters is going to resonate with you in a way where you're like, I see myself in that character, but it's not you. And so seeing yourself in that character and going through that process with them, that is what empathy is, is seeing seeing yourself in something that is outside of yourself. So he's talking about how reading people who, and it's been studied, like people who read. Grace, she's over here making this, like, look, I wish you could see her face. It was like the one eye, like, looking up, like, hmm, hmm, hmm
0: I'm taking it sure. in.
1: But it's, it's something that's studied, like, you can. It's
0: being treated as fat, that's all. So I'm. How dare you. Well, it is. Well, it's like, that's, that sounds like a perspective. And I'm not saying it's wrong. Mm, I'm just taking, mm-hmm. I'm digesting with. Interrogative,
1: and then my feelings. anec my anecdotal evidence for this, which is you know take it or leave it, is when I'm not ingesting media, when I'm not ingesting fiction books, I can sometimes become a little bit more introverted and a little bit less empathetic feeling, and when I am taking in the that material, I find myself becoming more empathetic, and I don't know if it's because I think of that from the Shermer book. Or if it's because it's just something that occurs, I'm sure there's yeah, some of that Yeah, I'm effect. just
0: thinking about, well, I, it's just making me wonder about personality types, things like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Definitely. Because I'm like, if someone is the type to uh, care a lot about a nonfiction person and, like, they're just really into those stories because they feel so much about them, I'm just wondering if that mm-hmm. would be a personality when I type think, also i think he was more this trying to say
1: they're more saying that it's easier to get into that mode because you are suspending your disbelief and you're able to like kind of put yourself into the story a little bit more where for a lot of people nonfiction, like for you like you're saying personality type like you you are so interested in the person you're like oh wow tell me more tell me more but for some people like it can be a little bit dry and academic than not non-fiction whereas Fiction can be a little bit more, because it is fantastical, it can be a little bit more accessible for some people. Hmm. That was more what he was talking about. Okay. Now, the other thing that's interesting about this, to me, is how you've been mostly, mostly reading in a, I would call, analog. Hmm? You've been at, like <laughs> sitting down with an analog book, like a caveman. Just kidding. <laughs> You've been sitting down and reading a book. Yeah. Where? <laughs> oh, yeah. Where? For, for me, for me at analog. For me, I don't have a lot of time with everything I'm doing to sit down and read a book. So I've been I've been listening to audiobooks, and we had the debate early on back, you know, going back to with your friend Erica of like, does that count as reading, and Erica and I were of the mind that that does count. And I don't, you had seen, has your view changed? Because you were sort of on the fence about like, does audiobook count as reading? Like, if you listen to an audiobook, does that mean you read a book?
0: I think when, I think I would like to take it in as something different. A person definitely consumed the information, mm-hmm. but psychologically, like, psychologically isn't the right word, but
1: physiologically. Yeah,
0: physiologically they the book is not read. That's not using the hmm. same it's not using the same parts of the brain or anything like that. Hmm. So it's like I think that it counts in that the information is consumed. Mhm. And I I kind of actually thinking about it right now, I kind of wish we would call it something else because saying I read an audiobook Sounds really interesting because I
1: usually say I listen. No, you to do, you do an audiobook. but right. then I guess the question is like in that context is like what what does red mean in that case? like is it is it literally just the physiological act of seeing the words and interpreting it through the vis- visual cortex? or is it the consumption of the information? because like what if a person is, like a blind person, a person who is blind cannot? Physically read a book,
0: right? And I think that they listen to books, so that's what but I'm they can saying. read
1: with braille, and right? So have a, and then have a they tactile, would tactile, be... right? And so it's like, I wonder. I, well, and then no, this is just question of curiosity. To... Like now, yeah. I want to now I want to like talk to somebody from that community. To... Oh,
0: well, we could talk to Elise. We could see if she would. Come yeah, on.
1: I want to see like what is the you know, some of the the challenges with that. But so
0: yeah, so well, I would say that reading is by definition reading, right? And mm-hmm. then listening would cuz you wouldn't say I listened to a book but meant that you looked at words and read them. Mm-hmm. So I think in the reverse, but I also think contextually, societally you can say that I read mm-hmm. and mean that I listened. So I think we're just in this weird space that we never were in, we were never in before.
1: Yeah. Well, it's also like what's the point of reading, right? Cuz mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. if the point of reading is to to assimilate the information and be able to share it and apply it then in that context they're both equal right because then it would depend on the person like for instance if you're a person who is more visually oriented right. then and you're going to retain that information more uh more re- and be able to access it more readily then reading physically reading is going to be more beneficial versus if you're a person like me or like other people um, some other people i've talked to Where, like, I sometimes when I read, I don't remember as much as if I do listen because I'm more audio. I'm more of an audio learner. So I actually retain more information from listening than I do from reading. Sometimes. Yeah, which would
0: go back to what would the new name be for when you're consuming information, Mm, but it doesn't really matter. I consumed the book. Yeah. (laughs) I consumed (laughs) the information.
1: So... We'll uh, circle back around here. So how many books have you, where are you at in your 23 and 23 challenge, Grace?
0: It's so funny because by the end of this month, I will be with seven because Mm. I tend to read five or six books at one time. Right now I'm reading this one book by Henry Cloud called Safe People. Mm. I'm also reading a NASEM book for a continuing education thing and that Mm. counts because you have to read the whole thing Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) that one is more like work and then the one that and then i am listening Mm. because of you Mm -hmm. the name of the wind
1: Mm -hmm. and
0: so i'll i probably actually won't be done with that one for two months because i'm not always listening to books
1: it's also super long
0: yeah, it's 20. I think I'm still, I'm on chapter 19, and I think I have 22 hours left. Yeah, it's
1: very long. And
0: you finished it very quickly. I did. You were enthralled.
1: I was enthralled. So, yeah, I I just went back and recounted. I am on, I just finished my eighth book, audio book.
0: I'll be there by the end of April.
1: Um, so, my list started with a book called The Builder's. Um, which is if you've ever read the Redwall series by Brian Jakes or Jocks, depending on how you pronounce it. It's like an adult, more adult version. Uh, my quick, very simple review is that it was a good ride with a terrible ending. Huh. It had a very anti. In my opinion, the ending was very anticlimactic, but it was fun ride. Um, I also listened to Project Hail Mary by Andy Weir, who you, he's the author of The Martian, Mm -hmm. and, um, oh, what's the other one that he did? Artemis, um, which The Martian was made into a film with Matt Damon that was a really good film, um, and Project Hail Mary. It was interesting, I was talking to my dad recently, and he was reading Analog, the, uh, the book of project hail mary and i couldn't because of because of one of the thematic elements of the book i couldn't uh, imagine how that would come across in a written word you know it's kind of like the difference between reading music and hearing music is like i couldn't i was like how would you how would you do that with text because in the in the audio book there's a there's an element yeah. where a, one of the characters is speaking in tones like speaking in music basically mm-hmm. and I'm like how do you how would you visually represent that is that, and like phonetically yeah. you know it was just weird i couldn't i couldn't picture it so that was thing and then yes the uh the king killer's chronicles which is fun to say uh by patrick rothfuss the first book the name of the wind and the second book the wise man's fear so we're about to talk about this so you just started the name of the wind yeah. Right, and then yeah. and I f- recently finished the Wise Man's Fear. Now this is a trilogy that's was started, I believe, in 2011 or 2010. The third book is yet to be released. The last, the second book was released, I believe, in 2014. So it's been almost 10 years since the second book came out, and there's still no third, final chapter to this saga. And I cannot. I just finished it, and I'm already like, oh my god, please. Give me the next book. I m- I have to know the end. I can't imagine if somebody read it when it first came out how much they must be like pulling their hair out right now. Um. Yeah. So those are just some of the books that I read. Now I want to go back a little bit to because I had mentioned The Martian and you had mentioned Harry Potter, and we have this continuing back and forth you and I and a lot of people about books versus movies. Yes. And TV shows. Yes and i feel like specifically the martian was a great example of the book was really great and the movie was just as good but i feel like that's the exception right not the rule
0: i think i think so i think so you definitely feel that way about harry potter
1: i do do you disagree
0: i'm able to enjoy harry potter as the movie version and miss certain things and there are a few movies that are boring just because they're boring
1: mm-hmm. but
0: that one in particular I'm able to accept mm. and then yeah yeah with that particular one
1: hmm. yeah and I think you know for me for you know another good example in my opinion is uh the the shining the film and the book
0: oh okay
1: where a lot of people The Shining, the film, they saw but and maybe have never even thought of reading the book.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely would not have thought of reading the book, but the movie was fantastic and scary.
1: And the thing is, like, that's the thing is, like, the movie is a classic. Like, people watch that film and go, that's an amazing movie. It's an amazing film. It's so different than the book. Like where th- and and the interesting thing, if you watch some of the behind the scenes, like on the DVD, um, you know special features or, or whatnot, they purchased the Stanley Kubrick purchased the rights to that story in with the intention of changing it. Like he had no intention of making the book. He wanted to make his own, tell his own story, which I think is really interesting. They had the ending of the of the film is like night and day with the ending of the book. Like they're not even in the same universe. And that's my issue with the Harry Potter films is I feel like J. K. Rowling was like, Okay, let's actually not do the books. Let's make our own like cinematic universe. You know, like with Marvel comics. Mm-hmm. Right? Where it's like the they have there's the like the comic universe, a Marvel comic universe, and then there's a the Marvel cinematic universe where They're, they're based on the comics, but they aren't trying to tell the exact same story because there's just no way that you can honor a book in that way. No,
0: no. Not unless you made it a TV series.
1: Which, did you hear that they are making a TV series where each season is going to be one of the Harry Potter books?
0: Okay. All right. We could do that.
1: Yeah. And I, that would be cool. I actually wish that more people, I wish that was done more often, like, trying to trying to cram a whole book into an hour or a 2-hour film doesn't seem reasonable to the story. Yeah. Where doing it over, you know, the course of a season of a of a TV show or a miniseries or something like that seems way more reasonable because then you can actually go and give it the the depth that it needs. So, uh What are some other books that you are going to read or maybe some other ones that you've read recently, like of your seven, that you have really enjoyed, Grace?
0: Well, and this is a question for Erica. I have listened to The Four Agreements probably five times this year, (laughs) so does that count as five books?
1: Hmm. If you watch a movie... Five times? Did you watch five movies, or did you watch one movie five times? And does that count? Yes.
0: Mm. Mm. All right, fine. But I have—I do love, 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 love. That's by I think Miguel Don Ruiz.
1: Don Miguel Ruiz. Don Miguel. Yes. Ruiz. Ruiz.
0: Yes. And definitely a great wisdom book. I feel like everyone, just because it's so short and there's mm. so there's such a wealth. Of information in it just about not making assumptions about Mm -hmm. people how often do we do that especially because our brains are wired that way if you don't know why someone looked at you a certain way your brain is wired to come up with a reason Mm. but then to consciously be like I don't really know what that meant Mm -hmm. and if I want to know I have to ask
1: Mm-hmm. Ask questions, right? Uh, yeah, to, to not make assumptions.
0: Yeah, not not make assumptions about a person's motive or or just anything. And mm-hmm. so you can go about life a little bit more uh, free, I guess. And you can save your you can save the assumptions for for the book writing.
1: <laughs> right, and then kind of <laughs> circling back to something we talked about earlier, like that's what's fun about nonfiction. Yeah, is you can you can learn things. Yeah. You can actually learn things. And I think, you know, I think there's this thing that happens and I don't know what it is. You know, I have my own, I have my own, my own theories. We don't need to go into it. Okay. Um, you know, speaking of books that we're, you know, reading, uh, starting the book, Dumbing Us Down by John Taylor Gatto and oh, talking yes. about the public school system, so like oh. not, not to get into that because our public schools here are great. Like not, not trying to like knock anything, but I feel like there's this thing that happens where you're like, okay, I'm done with school or I'm not in school. So I'm not learning right now. Like, this is entertainment time. Yes. I'm at home. I'm not at school, especially for young people. Like, I ask a lot of, because, you know, I work with children and teenagers at Kitchcan Theater Ballet. Yeah. And a lot of time I'll ask them, like, oh, do you read for fun? And a lot of them mm-hmm. say either no, I don't like it, or no, I don't have time. Right? Mm-hmm. And then I think what happens is as adults, a lot of times, unless we have it instilled in us really early on, we don't think that we can continue to learn. Oh, right sweetie. Hi. It's a bring your daughter to work day. And so, right, is there something that you'd like to tell the audience out there? No? Okay. Um, you know, unless you have it instilled in you from an early age that you can learn constantly. You can learn at any time, in any way you know, at, you know, about anything. Yeah. Right. And I, you know, that's what you're doing if you listen to a podcast, right? Like you're not, hopefully mm-hmm. you're not, I mean, if you, even if you're listening to a podcast, that's about culture or sports or entertainment, you're still learning something. And I think viewing it as learning and viewing learning as fun is super important.
0: hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think that's why I get stuck on the nonfiction because it, it is, in, it is so nice to go into the world of someone else. Mm-hmm. And to see what they're feeling or thinking. There's another book I was reading by Anne Lamott. It was about her son's first year of life. And it was so fun to see the difference in the way that she felt about her son as mm-hmm. a newborn. As opposed to how in, in 1989. As opposed to how I feel about Ryer in 2022, 23. Mm-hmm. And yeah. just seeing how she was very much... She was very much just like, like the culture of it was so different, where she is coming out of California, she's coming out of addiction, she's coming out of being a single mom, things that I don't, I'm not necessarily personally familiar with.
1: Mm -hmm. Not your life experience at all.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: All right. That's fun. Well, we're going to take a very short commercial break and we'll be back to talk about something some local events that are happening around town so please stay tuned for first city forum first city forum continues on ktkn hey welcome back to first city forum here on ktkn and ketchikanradio.com switching gears here a little bit you know if you are a arts and culture lover like many of us here you have to sign up for the weekly newsletter from the Ketchikan Area Arts and Humanities Council. You can go to KetchikanArts.org and sign up on there because they have all of the happenings arts-related around town, like this evening, uh, Friday, April 7th, in celebration of the uh, Squaring Off and Blackout Poetry Combined Exhibit. There's going to be uh, a giveaway of a piece to a lucky attendee at the art opening at the downtown Main Street Arts Gallery. You can enter your name when you arrive to the reception and uh, the artist herself is going to, or himself will draw the winner by the end of the reception. And uh, that is tonight. Um, There's also the Alaska Hummingbird Festival juried art show opening which is also today from 5 to 7 p.m. That's at the Southeast Alaska Discovery Center, also downtown. And tomorrow, April 8th, is the Ketchikan Community Concert Band. They are going to be presenting Metamorphosis, uh, which will be featuring a premiere of a new composition by Ketchikan composer Victor Vossler. So And that's uh, conducted by Jeff Carlson, who's very, very talented, and everyone in that group is as well. Also, be sure to pop by the Alaska Fish House from 6 to 9 p.m. on Sunday for Open Mic. Uh, There's no cover for that, and uh, that's a really great way to see some live music and have some great food. I really love the AK Tacos over there at the Alaska Fish House. Uh, There's a... uh, always the uh, Commons Gallery over at Pilot House Coffee and go get a, uh, a nice honey latte or a cold brew or an americano over there and check out the art their uh, latest exhibit is coming down at 9:15 a.m. on April 10th so this is kind of your last last chance to go see the uh, landscapes they got over there um just had Jack Finnegan on yesterday talking about a bunch of stuff. One of the things we were talking about was Story Slam, Latitude 56, Story Slam, that will be at the Creek Street Cabaret on Tuesday, April 11th, starting at 6.30. Doors open. Uh, sign-up start at 7.00. Stories begin at 7.30. It's a $3 cover charge. The the theme, of course, since it's April, so the theme is Fools. Definitely want to check that out. And then... One of my favorite things, of course, is back the monthly grind. So that's going to be Saturday, April 15th. So that's a week from tomorrow. Um, You can get tickets at TBC, Soho, Coho, and online. They're only $5 for adults and only $1 for kids. And I feel like that's a really great excuse to get out of town a little bit, go down to Saxon. I know it's not out of town, out of town. But go down to the wonderful tribal house out there that we're lucky enough to have that performance in. And just you know kind of go and experience and they have desserts and coffee and tea and yeah it's super super fun really great that that's going to be back looks like we're going to have the show and bar jazz band austin hayes and so the peace health child development center are going to be doing some performances for that so that's be should be super super fun times i really enjoy having the monthly grind back um also reminder that next week is music fest to go check out some of those things that are happening I know the the final concert I believe is on Saturday that same Saturday evening so you might have to pick your poisons there but or choose which thing you want but that's also if you want to see something a little bit more you know in that with local you know um, youth participating in that that's a that's a uh, regional event that's a really fun thing to see and then uh looking a little further down the road we'll have some members of first city players in to talk about this a little later in the month but charlie and the chocolate factory is two nights april 21st and 22nd and two matinees april 22nd and 23rd so it's only one weekend unfortunately but that's something you definitely want to put on the calendar for down the road and then uh, a little bit later Next month, uh Ketchikan Theater Ballet will be presenting The Circus, Join Us Under the Big Top for our annual spring gala performance. All the pieces are circus themed and there's going to be a lot of fun, exciting lighting and things like that, so definitely come check us out. Um and you know, like I said, just go on to the Ketchikan Area Arts and Humanities Council website ca- um catchcanarts.org and you can see all of the everything that we have arts related here in town and yeah that's all i got for that right now grace is back with us after a little uh a little change of the baby ready <laughs> yes. to go round two <laughs> yes uh, yes uh sorry i just ran down all of the uh events that uh-huh. we have happening, you know, the the opening tonight with the giveaway and the hummingbird art show and the concert band, community concert band. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's fun that there's so much. There's always something happening, and I feel like we have to choose. Like you know, just talking about how there's the monthly grind. Yeah but then there's also ne- next Saturday as well is the concert for um arts fest or uh yeah arts fest no wow music music fest wow <laughs> brain yeah <laughs> haven't had enough ravensbury coffee today apparently to <laughs> stay catch up but yeah for music fest and so how do you even choose And, you know i think a lot of times you're like oh maybe there's not something to do or like, what am I going to do? I'm just going to stay home and watch Netflix. And it's like, no, like there's, there's too much to do. Like there's so many books to read and so many events to go participate in. Like, how do you even choose? You know, like there's even, there's two events tonight, right? There's the, the hummingbird, Uh you know, festival. And then there's the opening, the arts opening.
0: Now you could go to both for that one because it's two hours. So if you go to the, the hummingbird one, first and then you head on over to or vice versa
1: oh I, so you could kind of split your time yeah, because I the hummingbird they're... the reception well they're both from they're both from five to seven It's
0: two hours one That's hour
1: at each. A, one hour each i gotcha so you do one hour at one you do one hour at the other one
0: well because i think at one at the hummingbird show you get to choose things like i don't know what they are but different awards like the best blah 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 goes to mm-hmm. this person so you get to vote But then at the art at the Main Street Gallery, you get to enter into a drawing Mm -hmm. and perhaps take this wonderful piece by, is it Ricardo Burkett? Yes. Yeah, by Ricardo Burkett. So it's like, hmm, if you can do both, that Mm -hmm. would be amazing. But then I was thinking about other stuff. It's like, I think in the band, there's going to be a side maybe or the orchestra kyle bailey's gonna be singing at yeah
1: in the uh, spring concert c- catch can chamber orchestra
0: see that's fun so so i think that might be how you decide like oh i would love to just see kyle Bailey cd down an orchestra that sounds fun
1: yeah or, some, something yeah. you don't necessarily always see him him <laughs> doing that that is wednesday April 19th at 7 p.m. at the First Lutheran Church. We'll have to have Kyle on here at some point. Oh,
0: yeah, that would be so fun. Yeah,
1: Kyle and Jillian. Get him off of the boat. Get him off the boat, gearing up for the summer.
0: Yes, and then do they do they say who's going to be playing for Monthly Grind or not yet? Yeah, I Austin
1: say? is playing. Oh, Austin? Kind of ran through it, yeah. <laughs> See,
0: I'm like, ooh.
1: Ooh, Monthly Grind. So? But then if you go to the Monthly Grind, then you're missing Music Fest, so you got to choose. How do you Can choose? you not go to both? No, they're both at they're both at seven PM. What if you went to one for an hour? <laughs> <laughs> Just pop in and pop out. That's funny. That's really funny. So looks like we got action packed weekend, action packed next couple weeks right before we head into the cruise ship season. Oh my god, Crazy. I cannot believe, believe it. it. When's year, the
0: f- when's the first one coming?
1: I believe it's either the twentieth or the twenty first.
0: Of this month.
1: Yeah. Extra long season, Uh, I think, you know, it's from middle of April to I think the last ship is October 20th is what I looked at. So, And I remember it used to be the last ship was like the last week of September, maybe, maybe the first week of October if they got delayed. And now it's like, oh, let's extend it, which I'm sure we all have our opinions on the pros and cons of that. You know, maybe there's some extra... Some extra people in town that maybe wouldn't have come in or maybe not have gone on a cruise because those early and those late ships are are uh, discounted. But then what was that quote that someone said to you last summer? It was like, discount ships, discount people. Was that yeah, what it just, was?
0: Hold on, hold on. Wait, wait. I don't know if I remember... Well, it depends on where you're at. At Annabelle's, they call them the chowder people. The
1: chowder people, because they
0: get chowder because they they're not spending a bunch of money because they are discounted. Well, and it's the discounted.
1: Mm. They're not
0: they're not there to spend money. They're there to have a good time on a Mm -hmm. budget, which is fine. Yeah, but.
1: Definitely empathize with that. Yes. Trying to plan a summer vacation myself right now.
0: But then also I'm thinking about September and I'm like, yeah, September can bring sun and September can bring rain. And so mm-hmm. you can get a bunch of sad people too. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, and what about October? If you're talking yeah. about like, talking about October 15th, it could be, it's going to be way more like, more likely to be way, way more likely to be like today yes. than it is to be like it was, a, you know, a couple weekends ago when it was bright and beautiful and sunny, right? You're, you're, it's. Your odds are not as good.
0: Yes. So when, you think of, when I think about that and the people who are there in October, there is a part of me that's like, I'm sorry. But mm-hmm. then when it's a sunny day, which happens often, do you remember that last summer when mm-hmm. it would be like on one day, on one weekend in September, it was really nice. And then mm-hmm. the next day it was super rainy for three days, and we'd be like, darn, wonder who is lucky on that ship or uh-huh. wonder who wonder who, the, who had the channel with the divine. or Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, and I think about the first time I came to Catch Can, I came here as a tourist in 2010 on a cruise and had no idea that I would end up spending multiple years here later down the road. You just never know where the wind Your
0: mom called that, right? My
1: mom did call that. It's like one of my favorite stories. She was We were wandering around downtown, and I think I told this story yesterday, too, and she's like, oh, look, a dance studio. I wonder if they need a teacher. Ha, ha, ha. And then here I am. But uh, no, and I just remember we were here, and, or when we were in Southeast, and you know it was beautiful weather in juno it was beautiful weather in skagway it started to get cloudy up in glacier bay and then by the time we got down here it was a day it was almost exactly like today it was rainy and drizzly in the morning and then the sun started to peek out a little bit and i just love that it's beautiful no matter what here honestly like even when it's raining i love to be out in the rain from southern california we didn't get a lot of rain and I know it can kind of sound like i'm saying oh it's a novelty or whatever but no i appreciate it like I appreciate the fact that we live in this rainforest and we have we get to we get to reap the benefits of that we get the all of the greenery all this clean air you know Tora Zamora was here talking earlier this week about the lichen and how you know, we have all of this greenery here and that can only exist when the oxygen levels are really high and when the air is really pure and how lucky we are to be in this environment mm-hmm. and get to have access to these amazing trails that are curated by the Forestry Service and by you know, and some of the things are up kept by the city and the borough for us to be able to use, you know and there's a lot of people in a lot of places are stuck in these urban environments and yeah, they have Target or they have Costco or whatever. But do they have Rainbird Trail? No, they do not. <laughs> so on that note, I think we will sign off here, send you out into the weekend. Hope you have a wonderful Friday, good friday a beautiful easter and stay tuned here to ktkn for more hits and have a wonderful weekend everyone thanks for tuning in